I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal, and I'm here with the amazing and wonderful Deputy <laughs> District Attorney Vicki Johnson, who keeps us posted on the latest scammers who are trying to take advantage of us. Welcome, Vicki. Thank you, Patty. Thank you for that nice introduction. It's so good to be back as always. So, Patty, I got the idea for today's Scam Squad from the LA Times. I try to read the Times every morning, and especially the column by David Lazarus, since he often writes about scams. And he had a very interesting one a couple of weeks ago, so I thought I'd share it for those of you who haven't read it. Here's the title of the column. Is that fraud alert part of the scam? Hmm, Vicki, I think we've talked about this before where someone gets a supposed fraud alert on their computer, but it's actually the fraudster who's trying to pull one over on us. Is that what this is about? Absolutely. But this gives more details on how this particular scam works and how the scammer did his homework to make the scam more believable. And one comment in the article caught my eye. The episode serves as a wake-up call for all of us to be very cautious when interacting with businesses, even when everything appears to be on the up and up. That is really great advice. So tell us what happened. The victim received what appeared to be a very legitimate-looking fraud alert from her bank, Chase, notifying her about a $500 purchase at Walmart. The text asked her to confirm that the purchase was hers. Well, I know I've gotten those alerts before. And at the end of the show, I want to tell you what happened to my daughter who recently got one. But go ahead with this story. Okay, absolutely. And I've gotten those alerts also. So she texted back saying that she didn't know anything about this purchase. She then got a call from someone claiming to be a Chase customer service representative. And the call appeared to be from Chase. So this supposed representative said he needed to secure her checking account and sent her a verification code to make sure that she was the account holder. Well, you know, Vicki, so far, this sounds like something that a bank might do. Although we do know, unfortunately, that scammers can spoof phone numbers to make the number look like it comes from a legitimate organization. Right. And this representative also knew the last four digits of her social security number, which she confirmed. Again, this is probably something that your bank would have, making the call sound very legit. She was thinking, who else but my bank would have my name, my phone number, and my social security number? Mm, So what happened next? While she was talking to this supposed rep, she also opened her Chase Bank app on her phone and changed her password. Immediately, Hmm. the rep saw that her password had changed and commented on it. Well, again, that's not that surprising because she was talking to her bank, or at least she thought she was. Exactly. And after that, the rep immediately ended the call. He said he'd be sending a case number via email and then hung up. But now I'm guessing he had her account number and information. Absolutely. And within seconds, our victim got a call from her husband, who was also on the account. 
Chase notified him, and this was a legitimate notification from Chase, Chase notified him that $10,600 had been transferred out of their account. Oh, that's so terrible. It sounds like the fraudster had a lot of inside information about the victim in order to be able to pull this off. Did the article give any ideas of how a fraudster gets that kind of information? Well, several things were mentioned as possibilities. It could have been an insider at the bank, but more likely the crook got this information on one of the many data security breaches that happened every year, or he could have gotten the information off of the dark web. Now, one of the scariest parts is that the fraudster had managed to hack into her banking record because he saw her change her password and he immediately acted. So as soon as she changed her password, he saw this and had access to her account. What happened when she and her husband discovered the fraud? Well, they immediately notified the bank, but it was a very long process involving a lot of steps before the bank finally put the money back into this account. Scammers are getting so good at scamming. I really could see this happening to just about anyone, no matter what their age. Absolutely. There were some things that the article mentioned that we should do if we get a phone call like this. So even if you believe the call is legitimately from someone at your bank, hang up, hang up, call the bank number on your statement or on your credit card and ask, did someone from the bank make this call? And whatever you do, don't give out any personal information to the caller and don't confirm any information that they give you. So for example, if the caller says to you, oh, are the last four digits of your social security number, I'm making this up, 6248, don't say, oh yes, that's correct. Just assume that you are talking to a fraudster, hang up, call the bank on a number that you know to be accurate. Such great advice, Vicki. So I want our listeners to remember that even though this scam looked like it was coming from Walmart, even though, of course, it wasn't, there's so many variations. So my daughter got a similar email, or was it a text? Well, one of the two. I think maybe it was a text. And it said that her PayPal account had been charged $100. And again, I'm forgetting all of the details, whether it said to click if you didn't make it or click if you did, but she clicked the link, unfortunately. Now, here's the weird thing about this scam, though. In the correspondence that she received, it really had PayPal's phone number, the real phone number for PayPal. So, of course, that made it seem all the more real because she called and PayPal told her it must be a scam and that she should cancel her account, which she did. I hope they weren't too fast, though, because it actually did have a credit card in there. So I said, watch your bank account, because, again, anyone of us that gets an text or an email that says some money has been charged to our account, they look like they're trying to help us to verify if it's not true. You are so likely to click on this link to say, hell, I didn't do it to try to save yourself. When you do that, you're sometimes in deep trouble. So again, don't click on these links. My daughter needs to start listening to Scam Squad. Absolutely. (laughs) And Patty, these are perfect examples of scammers preying on our fears, getting us right away into an emotional state. They call it the lizard brain. So you stop thinking with your rational brain. You're frightened. They make you feel like you've got to act quickly to stop whatever it is that's going on that's of danger to you. 
And so you do that. You go into fight or flight mode and you do something that you normally wouldn't do if you had a moment to think. So take that moment to think. Don't click on the link. Hang up and use a number that you know to be accurate. You know, this is the same thing that's happening with the Amazon schemes. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get a text or a phone call from Amazon making you believe that there's a purchase out there that is going to be delivered to your house. And you go, wait a minute, I didn't make that purchase. And it's a very expensive purchase, sometimes $4,500, right. $6,000. And so right away, you think, I have to put a stop to this. Right. And you're off and running. Yeah. Right. So don't think of it as just the Amazon scam or just the PayPal scam or just the Walmart scam. They'll use any company that they think you trust. And they probably even know which companies you use. Yeah. And in the example I gave, it was the bank. It was their bank. And as you say, they probably spoofed the bank number. It was Chase. And so if this person had any indication what her bank phone number was, it looked like it was coming from the bank. Scary. It is. Well, and I want to thank our listeners for listening and help us spread the word because unfortunately, these scammers are not going anywhere soon and they have gotten very, very sophisticated. If they want to tell you about a scam, to report something, or just to talk to you, could you give the scam hotline number? Absolutely. It's 805 568 2442. 805 568-2442. Yes. And I called it the scam hotline. It's the fraud hotline number, but either way, either way, <laughs> it's both. <laughs> yes. So I'm not sure. Do you have any good news for us today, Vicki? Actually do. And this is really good news. This is from CBS. And here's the headline. Amazon says it blocked more than 10 billion fake listings last year. Now, we know that there are a lot of counterfeit goods that get sold on these sites like Amazon. So what they're talking about when they say they blocked more than 10 billion fake listings, they're talking about these fraudsters who are trying to sell counterfeit products. And they also destroyed, this is this part was very interesting, I thought, They destroyed 2 million counterfeit products that were sent to their warehouse for sale. So apparently they have some kind of technology that allows them to scan the merchandise that's sent to their warehouse to be distributed for sale. And they are able to somehow determine whether or not it's a counterfeit product. And of course, the article made the point, which we've talked about before, that during the pandemic, more people were shopping online. Just about everybody was shopping online. And so this provided a great opportunity for scammers and especially those scammers who wanted to sell their counterfeit products on Amazon. Here's something else interesting. Amazon really has an interest in blocking these counterfeiters because it negatively affects their image. They don't want all of this counterfeit products sold under their banner. And also, they worry that legitimate companies may not want to do business through Amazon if gamblers are selling the same product at a much cheaper price. So it was good for me to realize that Amazon really does have a very, very big interest in blocking this kind of product. 
And it talked about the fact that they have invested $7 million last year in their anti-counterfeiting efforts, and they have 10,000 people working on this. So it's a big problem, but it's also a big concern for Amazon, and they are doing what they can to shut it all down. So that was good news. That is very good news and very interesting news because I know so many individuals can sell on Amazon now. So it's good that they're keeping an eye to make sure that those sellers are legitimate and selling legitimate wares. Thank you, Vicki. You are welcome, Patty. Well, until next week. Thank you. This was fascinating. Thanks, Patty. Always okay. good to be here. All right. All take right. Care. Bye-bye.